0: What happened? <laughs> no
1: one knows. It was all over the world. Electricity flipped off for 12 seconds. You were just unlucky that at that exact moment a big bus hit you. You know the weird thing they thought was going to happen at midnight when we hit 2000.
0: Oh yeah, Y2K. It sort of happened. It was
1: very big news which um, you missed entirely because of the bus.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: I've right. got to get
1: back to school. Yeah.
3: Thanks for taking such good care of me.
1: You're welcome. I'll come back later.
3: Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'll think about it. Why 64? What do you mean? It's just oh, forget it.
3: (laughs) What do you mean why 64? yours got run over by a bus
2: (laughs) well play something yes Yes. let me get rid of this
3: (laughs) great guitar requires a great song yesterday all my troubles seem so far away now it seems as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday Go on. Suddenly I'm not half the mad I used to be There's a shadow hanging over me Oh, yesterday came
1: Well, good morning, Hope. I'm Emily, one of your ministers here at Hope Ankeny. And when I found out that I was going to be preaching a sermon titled, Hey Jude, I knew I needed to brush up on my Beatles. (laughs) Any Beatles fans? Yeah. All right. So no, no, no. That was a lot of fun, right? I hope it was a good time. Uh, I'm not super, super knowledgeable about the Beatles, but I do know more than the characters in this movie yesterday because the whole premise of the movie is that there was this worldwide blip that deleted the Beatles and Coca-Cola and Harry Potter for everybody except this one mediocre musician, Jack, who revives their whole soundbook from memory and reintroduces it to a world that has forgotten. And I feel like, you know, even though I'm not a super fan, like, I'm kind of justified about that. The Beatles recorded their last record, like, a few years before I was even born. And and you can probably blame it on my parents because our home was full of, well, we had Amy Grant and Air Supply and Hillsong. For some reason, I thought that I'd like to teach the world to sing was as important to everybody else as I want to hold your hand. I was wrong. There are these acts, right, like the Beatles and Elvis and Taylor Swift, that they just like, they draw everybody in, and people get so excited about it. And, well, when it comes to these things, my family calls me a scoffer. Because it's not that I don't think they're great. I think they're wonderful. I just don't get as excited about it as everybody else. And that's kind of a problem in my home because I have three daughters, and they are all die-hard Swifties. And my husband, he is crazy about Elvis and Taylor Swift. <laughs> so I constantly get left out. I'm like, I'm like Ellie in that clip, why 64? Or I guess in my home, it's more like, why does it matter that she changed her nail, co- nail polish color for the surprise song? And how is it a surprise if you know it's coming? I don't know, I don't get it. I mean, I don't hate it, but I just don't get it. And even though I'm like four decades late to Beatlemania, I did recently hear the origin story of the song, Hey Jude, and realized that we definitely needed to sing it together today. So I hope that was a good time. And in case you're like me, let me tell you this story. It's, it's kind of fascinating. So John Lennon, was breaking up with his first wife, Cynthia, when, you know, he was going with Yoko Ono. And Paul McCartney felt bad because Cynthia and their five-year-old son, Julian, they had been really tight with the band. And he thought, they're going to feel so alone. They're going to feel abandoned. So he was driving over to visit them. And the story goes that on the drive over, he came up with a song, Hey Jules to comfort young Julian, who was going through this sad time of having his parents break up. But we didn't just sing, na-na-na-na, hey, Jules, did we? Now, somewhere along the way, this little ditty morphed into this hit song. It went from, hey, Jules, to hey, Jude. And it became this polished recording that everybody loved, a song that seemed to say more about a budding romance than it did about a sad kid. Do you ever wonder what that original song must have been like? I'm kind of curious. I mean, obviously it was catchy. Obviously it turned into something more. But there's no way that that anthem Kyle just sang is the same song that Paul McCartney sang to little Julian that night. I just don't believe that it is. So somewhere along the way, somebody was like, hey, you know what? Jules is a little soft. I think those nana's nas will really pop if you change the name to Jude. And then someone else was like, hey, you know that part about how his dad gets under his skin? I think people will go crazy if it's a woman getting under his skin. Why don't we change that too? I mean, who even knows? Who even knows what that song used to be before it turned into something that went from serving a hurting child to something that served Beatlemania? The producers, the band, the fans, the legacy. It just didn't stay the same. It ended up a far cry from where it started. And you know what? That same kind of thing happened and still happens with the story of Jesus. This beautiful cosmic event happened. The Son of God came and died a brutal death. And of all things, the guy rose again. It was astounding, it was compelling, it was powerful. And it turned scared disciples who were hiding to save their own skin into bold, fearless proclaimers who wanted to tell everybody what Jesus had done for them. And wherever those stories were told, it drew a gathering. It drew people in, and some of those people became fanatics too. They, like the apostles, became willing to give everything to see more and more people know the good news. So in this excitement, in the fervor of this Jesus mania, sometimes for power, sometimes for profit, sometimes because they just didn't get it right, people kept changing the lyrics. Hey, you know what? What if instead of 100% God and 100% man, I think people would really dig it if we tell them that Jesus was 100% God, period. And you know what? Instead of telling everybody that the Holy Spirit is a gift that is given to every believer, well, I'm going to tell them that I've been getting special deliveries just for me. What if we have some secret stories about Jesus, ones that John and Paul Just don't even know about. Over and over again as we've been reading through the whole Holy Bible we have heard of New Testament letter after New Testament letter that was written to correct some misunderstanding about who Jesus was and why he came and how he saves. And so today we've come to this letter of Jude and once again He's urging believers to dial it back in to the truth of who God is. And Jude, I mean, he should have a pretty good idea. Uh, He knew Jesus really well. Tradition holds that he was one of Jesus' brothers named in the Gospels. And the other part of the story about those brothers is they were not on the Jesus train. And yet somehow he was transformed by the events of his brother's death and resurrection from a scoffer who didn't believe to, well, listen to how Jude describes himself. This letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. He calls himself a slave of Jesus I don't know if you ever talk about your brother that way. And when we hear the word slave with our 21st century ears, it's loaded, right? It carries the baggage of racial bigotry. It didn't have that for Jude. What he's saying is, my life and my will are no longer my own. I am surrendered a slave to Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus is Lord of me and my life and so this slave of jesus who knew him so well originally he wanted to send this unnamed church who also knew jesus as lord some well i guess if we put it in the terms of modern fandom what he wanted to send them was a friendship bracelet he writes dear friends I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. I think this is like the first century Jesus fan guy equivalent of something that one of my daughters did a couple of months ago. Gathering at Woolies downtown to dressing up and listening for two hours to a bunch of Taylor Swift music that you already had on your phone getting together with a bunch of other fans to sing together the words, the lyrics, just to celebrate in community the fact that they all love the same thing. That, I think, is what James was going for. He wanted to reinforce to everyone how great it is to be in a community that's united around something awesome. And for Jude, that something is the eternal thing salvation in Jesus Christ. But Jude's sing-along got hijacked. But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. So Jude's saying, God entrusted this to us. He gave this faith to the believers. Once for all time. And someone is trying to change the lyrics again. Jules, I mean Jude, (laughs) he says the truth is under attack and we need to step up and defend it. He goes on to explain that the community of believers, there are people who have wormed their way in. And Jude reports that they are saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. These scoffers, as Jude calls them, they are taking God's grace out of context and dividing the believers about it. If God sent Jesus to forgive every sin, well, anything goes then, right? We might as well just do whatever we want. Give in to every vice. It's all forgiven anyway. There's no rules. Actually, no. Jude clarifies That is not what our faith is about at all. These scoffers, they have cut out the entire Old Testament with all of these important revelations that that God the Father is a creator who lovingly gave us an ordered creation, who for thousands of years has reiterated that if you align yourself with that order, things will go better for you. And the promise he's given us that even though we're going to keep messing that up, he's going to redeem it. Jude clarifies anyone who wants to sing a version of the gospel song that says that God's grace means anything goes, they do not have the Holy Spirit. A faith in Jesus that doesn't honor God and rely on God, the Holy Spirit. That's an empty faith. It's a lie. It's a charade. It claims you have no sin to kill. And it has no power to bring you back to life. It's empty. It's a lie. It has nothing to offer you but the same pointless life you were living before you ever heard about Jesus to begin with. Because you see, Christianity... There are three persons in the Trinity of God. If it doesn't have three persons, then it's not Christianity at all. It's a fraud. And Jude sent this letter to the believers with the truth that he wants them to know and pass on to one another. The truth of who God really is. Look how important. Every member of the Trinity is in Jude's exhortation to the believers. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, the one given by God, the Holy One. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord, Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life your most holy faith. God didn't just suddenly turn up in Nazareth in the person of Jesus. God had been revealing himself. He had been active in the world, giving his law and his promises for thousands of years. We have it on record. Don't toss it out. You need it. Knowing God's design, those rules for a good life, it still matters. If you throw that out, you will hurt each other. You'll hurt yourselves. And then you praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's power at work in the world through his people. We encounter the Holy Spirit in baptism, in Holy Communion, in every time the gospel pierces us. The Holy Spirit gives us the assurance that God loves us, that Jesus is the Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit that is at work, transforming us from the inside out. When the Holy Spirit works in us to make us obey God, that's a sign to everyone else that the entire story, all of the promises are true. That God does love you. That Jesus is Lord. That the promise of the holy that the holy spirit is still active giving this promise at work in the world real for you today and await the mercy of our lord jesus christ jesus is god's mercy revealed made known he is the promise that the holy spirit delivers god's son your lord and savior We need to hang on to all three persons of the Trinity so that we can build each other up with the truth of who God is. Jude implores you to strengthen one another in that truth. He says, in this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. I love that. Let's read that together. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. Oh, I love that image. Don't you just imagining myself just being wrapped up in a bear hug from God. How safe I would feel. How confident and comfortable and so good. Isn't that what we all want ultimately? Or is it? We have a hard time staying safe in God's love. When we read passages like our passage today, I think very few of us are so ambitious that we think we're Jude, the one who knows all the truth. But I think most of us, most of us are pretty sure that we're the faithful believers who they just need a little nudge to get back on track. It gets uncomfortable when we realize how often we're the scoffers, the mockers. I wanna be safe. Do I actually trust God's love to be enough? I want to be safe. But you know what? I want to be safe in my spouse's love, in my parents' love. I think every one of us will agree. We want to be safe in a fat bank account. I want to be safe in my accolades, my accomplishments, my kids' Little League trophy. I want to be safe in my well-insulated home and reliable car. These, these are the things that make me feel safe. And that, that is what I want most. And there is a scene in this movie yesterday where Jack, the everyday guy who is taking credit for all the Beatles songs, he meets with this big-time producer, Agent. And she makes him an offer that makes my idols the safety of my cozy house and my durable Toyota. It blows them completely away. Take a look. See what you think.
0: Welcome to my little Beach Shack. <laughs> Thank you for coming all this way. <laughs> Good to see you Well you're Not very attractive. No You are out of shape. Yes. You are skinny yet somehow round
3: uh-huh.
0: You have been Profoundly unsuccessful for ten years. Yeah, and until about a month ago We'd call you a complete failure.
3: Well, that's not quite how I put it
0: but- we would say that you were a complete failure. Sit, please. But now, now, you've hit an extraordinary songwriting groove and you want to be the biggest star in the world.
3: Well. Yes,
0: is the answer to that question.
3: Well, yes, I guess.
0: Not, well, yes, I guess. Yes. I guess. (sighs) Buddy, what? (laughs) I am offering you is the great and glorious poison chalice of money and fame. If you don't want to drink it, which I would understand, go back and have a warm beer in little Bonnie, England. If you do want to drink it, I need to hear you say, Deborah, I'm so thirsty. Give me the chalice. So which is it?
3: I'll take the chalice.
1: Yeah, if I'm being honest, I take the chalice over and over again. I am so thirsty. And my chalice, what I'm being offered, doesn't have nearly the perks of impersonating the Beatles. I'll tell you that. But I still take it. If you're honest, aren't you thirsty too? Don't you always want more? Don't you want the chalice? I mean, this is what Jude is warning us about, that there will always be another offer, something that sounds so good you can't refuse. It'll come in social media or advertising or the whisper of the devil on your shoulder, but you'll feel like you can't even turn it down. It'll sound so good. You can have control of your life. You can have everything. You can stay fit and eat the fudge. You can have a devoted spouse and loving kids and enjoy that workplace flirtation. You can have all the grace and favor of God with none of the self-denial that is actually a fruit of the Holy Spirit that gives you the grace to begin with. We think that we can break apart the Trinity of God, that we can break apart the witness of Scripture and just keep the parts that suit us. But it's a lie, and it doesn't save. And that's the ditch that Jude wants to pull us out of, the scoffer's ditch. That God's grace covers all our sins so we can do whatever we want. And it's an enticement that lures us away from the safety of God's love. But Jude also pulls us away from the other ditch. Tries to keep us between them. When he says, And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. I know you're hoping that I've reached the end of my trivia about Taylor Swift and the Beatles, but I haven't. (laughs) Any Swifties here? You can admit it, this is a safe place. I mean, actually, I don't even have to tell you that because you're Swifties, and this is what Swifties know. The internet is abuzz with the fact that Swifties fans are like, the nicest people on the globe. And I normally don't go for, justificate for, for broad generalizations, but I have to say there is, there is evidence, there are testimonies about this. There was this older gentleman who said he and his wife were at the Taylor Swift concert and he didn't know anything about these friendship bracelets, but the girls in the seats next to him were like making them. And so even though he felt kind of stupid, he went ahead and asked them, what's the deal with the friendship bracelets? And these girls just lit up. They were so excited to tell him all about the friendship bracelets and even give him a couple. And he was like, I can't take these. I don't have anything to trade. And they said, just take them. We want you to have them. And there's a TikToker who said, well, he posted on social media that he had heard a Taylor Swift song that he really enjoyed. And it was causing him to rethink everything and go back and listen to all of the Taylor Swift music that he had intentionally ignored. He expected his comments to fill up with trolls. All the Taylor Swift fans that would say, oh, sure, now you realize she's been awesome this whole time and you're just figuring it out. But that isn't what happened. His comments filled up with Swifties giving him song suggestions. If you like that one, you need to go listen to this album. Check this out. You'll love it. And then in his DMs, Swifties were showing up saying, hey, I don't know if you realize this, but you're a Swifty now. We claim you. Taylor Swift fans have this thing, right, that's, that's blowing the world up with Taylor Swift. Because instead of building a wall around what it means to be a true Swifty, Being a true Swifty means telling everyone how awesome the music is. Sharing the fact that you love it so much. And it's working, right? Around the globe. And they don't even have the Holy Spirit. Imagine, church. Imagine what we could do. Because isn't that what we are all about? Isn't that it? Build one another up in the faith. Come hear about God's love for you. Do it over and over again, every weekend, every Bible study. Just keep building each other up in the truth so that you can trust it, so that you can know it's real, so you can know it's yours. And trust that staying safe in God's love doesn't mean withdrawing from the world to live in a holy huddle. It means being so confident of who God is, of how good this news is, and why it matters, that you'll share it. Jude says, Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Contaminate their lives. Great wording there, Jude. That paints a picture. But he doesn't say to fear it, does he? He doesn't say to fear it because we are so sure that we're safe in God's love that we can take people whose faith is wavering and we can offer them a friendship bracelet. Welcome them in. Invite them in to the safety of God's love, a safety that gives you freedom. It gives you the freedom to enjoy your life, love your spouse, cuddle up in your cozy house. Eat a little fudge now and then. You have the freedom to do that. And the freedom to live differently, less selfishly, telling everyone about God's goodness. And if if that's something that's actually happening to you right now, if you're feeling safe enough in God's love to set down the poison chalice and share with others, maybe even someone who's wafering, then I think the Angel Tree Project that Ashley told you about during announcements, I think it's for you. We want to encourage and support families who have been torn apart, separated by incarceration. And I know when you hear that word incarceration, there is a stigma to that. That's something that you might think, oh, I don't know if I want to get too close to that. I don't want it to rub off on me. But we don't have to worry about that. We're safe in God's love, which means we can love even incarcerated families that have dealt with incarceration. So I want you to take a look at how providing a gift to a child on behalf of their incarcerated parent can impact the entire family. Just take a look.
2: million children have a simple wish this Christmas, to feel loved and remembered. When a parent goes to prison, families are torn apart, and all too often, children are left feeling lonely and ashamed. The separation can feel even worse at Christmas. With Angel Tree, you could be the hands and feet of Jesus to hurting families in your community who have a loved one behind bars. You could remind children they are never forgotten, and it starts with a gift. Angel Tree volunteers deliver a present, the gospel, and a personal message of love to children on behalf of their incarcerated parents. It's amazing to watch how a gift from that mom or dad can light up their child's eyes, and to see the relief on the faces of caregivers. Angel Tree is really making a difference in my life right now because I feel like a part of my family. I would like to tell any and every Volunteer from the Angel Tree Program. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for for what you guys do. What better way to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the greatest gift of all?
1: This is such a great opportunity to support these families, to encourage them, to buy them tickets to Taylor Swift concerts. Okay, no, I'm just kidding about that. But we do actually have some great ways that you can be a part of making a difference, of putting your faith in action. You can pray for them. If you feel called to do so, you can adopt one of these families. You can provide gifts on behalf of the incarcerated parent. There is a table outside that has families you can choose from. You can donate supplies. We're going to throw a Christmas party for these families on December 9th. And we're going to need help to do that. You can show up and help throw the party. Mark and Joy DeYoung, who are heading up this project, they are going to need lots of help from us to make this special for these families and hopefully share God's love with them, bring them into the safety of the fold. So I hope that you will stop at the table after the service. But before you head out there to share the gospel with people whose faith is wavering or snap people from the flames of judgment. Let's share one more clip from this movie yesterday. So Jack, he realizes that he actually doesn't want the money and fame, and he gives all the songs away. And then he has a chance to meet John Lennon himself. But this John Lennon was never a Beatle. He never drank from the chalice. And I hear echoes of this letter from Jude in what he describes of the life that he got to live. See if you hear it too.
3: you John? That's right. From Liverpool? That's right. It's an honor to meet you. John. You had a happy life. Very, but not successful. I just said very happy. That means successful. Did a job I enjoyed day after day. Sailed the world. Fought for things I believed in, and won a couple of times. Found a woman I loved. Fought hard to keep her to live my life with her. Thought hard for her. They were complicate... Sorry, what? what's your name? Jack. There were complications, young Jack. Loss and gain. Prejudice and pride. But It all turned out just... Fab. How's your love life?
0: I'll let her slip away.
3: Try to get her back. You want a good life? It's not complicated. Tell the girl you love, that you love her. And tell the truth to everyone, whenever you can. Can I give you a hug? So good to see you. How old are you? 78. Fantastic. You made it to 78. You're a very strange man.
1: (sighs) Did you hear that? Does it just echo for you the way it does for me? Tell the truth to everyone whenever you can. You, you have a truth that is compelling. It is life-changing. Build each other up in it. Don't fall for the scoffers. And tell everyone you can. As you do, I pray that you will receive this blessing in the words of Jude. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away. And, I, and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. Let's all stand and praise God that we have been promised that glorious day. Amen.